Hello everyone out there in podcast land. This is one of your hosts, Severin. And Ambrosia. And welcome to another episode of the original Designated Drinkers. Podcast where we dive deep into drinking one libation at a time. And today's podcast is brought to you by... Mental Health with Nariva Shepard. Did I say Shepard right? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So you asked, did you say the last name right, not the first name? Yeah. Okay, I'm with it. <laughs> it would seem, I'd be more nervous to mess up the first name. Nareva. You know, I, that was, it was bold, but I liked it. <laughs> you know? We all have names. Yes, here. yes, 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 yes. I'm, um, all of our names are names. Yes. <laughs> Proper with, name. With someone, I guess we all kind of got, not crazy, but interesting names. names. So, names. um, yeah, names. All right, <laughs> that's enough of that. So, <laughs> with um, all of that fun name talk being said, today, like Ambrosia said, we're going to talk about mental health in the bar and service industry. Come talk about drinking and not drinking and how to cope and how to deal. Because while we like to, you know, focus on sampling and tasting and notes and all that other fun stuff, sometimes people take it a little bit too far and... If you don't know the slogan of our show, the slogan is everything in moderation, even mm-hmm. moderation. Mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. that's our. That's but we're still we going to be tasting today. We are. So um, let's get my voice out of the way and let's introduce our guest. Reba, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well. I am very excited to be here because usually I'm talking and other people are listening and now they have to listen to me but in a different way or it feels flip, weird flip like you guys are asking me questions which i'm like i'm nervous <laughs> but excited really yeah. nervous? why i'm i um i like to be in control of things oh you and there's those. no way for me to be in control of this oh well this is a we're, we're a softball show it's not like we're sitting here trying to questions out of you or beat answers out of you oh no it's early yeah well all (laughs) tests are open bottle open bottle okay okay so you'll be all right (laughs) but but that that type a i've uh, we we can get into this but uh, i also come from back of the house and and you've done quite a bit of of chefing yes um i sold my soul to fine dining like (laughs) nine years ago okay and um when the world imploded and we ended up in a panini i was like i cannot work in a kitchen again because it just no one cares (laughs) no one like really cares about what is going on in the kitchen they just want their food now and all of that, like, customer service aspect of it needs to change a little bit so that the culture in the kitchen can be better. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So that you're not just, like, a body. You're a whole person. Okay. You know? So, layman Sev here, I've never, I've never worked in a real kitchen. I worked at a funnel cake factory when I was a teenager. Was it delightful? I just ate all the funnel cake. Yes. That's delightful. Yes, it, it was yep. delightful. I, I made every variation of funnel cake possible. Like I had chocolate, caramel, strawberry, powdered sugar. I was about to say the tradition, just yeah, the powdered sugar. I, mm-hmm. Everything, just all together in one. And I had, I, oh, it was bad. It's a good thing I was young because if I were to do that now, I'd 
surely be diabetic from <laughs> probably <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> probably so um can you explain just a little bit more what you mean by that you're not you don't no one cares um so as a line cook when i started off i, w- I would say i was working like 60 ish hours because no one really wants to pay you overtime so mm-hmm. 60 hours a week not that bad um when i was doing like fine dining, hardcore, like Michelin stuff. It Mm -hmm. was 40 hours, maybe 45 on the books. Mm -hmm. And then you would clock out and work for three additional hours doing prep for the next day Mm. off the books. I don't like that. Yeah. And I didn't know any better because I was just like so excited to be in this fancy restaurant and learning so much stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, by the time I was sous chefing, I was working about 80 to 90 hours, now salaried, so they don't have to cap you on anything. Mm-hmm. And when I left like the kitchen, I was making like 65 grand a year, no benefits, working 105 hours Ooh, a week. That's no fun. And that's... If you're like not a math person, it's around fourteen dollars an hour. Okay. And I so I was paying my line cooks more money than I was making doing that with no benefits and owners who like don't understand and that I'm a person. And don't care. And like don't you, care. Like yeah. you said. Okay. I um thought about that as a career for a little while was um going into chefing. Mm-hmm. Like real chefing. Cause I like to, well, I used to, I don't cook anymore, but <laughs> I used to like to think of myself as a decent cook. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, if you if you are a chef, uh, it, it, you don't like to cook anymore. That'll, that'll pull that right out of you. Yeah. I ordered pizza my five hours off every week. 7-Eleven, when I got off of the train at night, Rollers. those burritos, mm-hmm. the little taquitos. The little roller taquitos. Mm-hmm. 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 All about it. To give you another example of how people don't see back of the house as being humans, I had a customer come up the other day and they said, how long for a sandwich? And I said, about 10 to 15 minutes. And they said, what? What? 10 to 15 minutes? And this is the point where I knew it was time for me to go take a break because I looked at them in the eye and I said, there are humans preparing this food. It's going to take them about 10 to 15 minutes in the kitchen to prepare this food for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were outraged and walked off. I, I don't understand that at all. but Especially in these times. It's yeah. like even my partner would be like, oh, man, it's taking so long. And I'll just look at, him, look at him and be, hey, everyone's understaffed and people are just trying. I would be <laughs> not to not to kind of I'm the derailer of the whole entire podcast <laughs> all the time. But sorry. Um I would be so scared to say anything reckless to a person preparing my food anyway. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But a lot of people don't feel that way. So they're just like, mm, I'm going to just say it because I think that I know everything about everything. And I'm like, mm, I literally went to school for this. So yeah, no. <laughs> give me a second. Yeah, 10 to 15 minutes. There's no time for a sandwich. I'm, I'm. I'm appalled by that. Show, show me that person. Yeah, Layman Sev can come. I, I can check him real quick. So. <laughs> um, so tell us a little a bit more about you and, you know, you, you have a podcast, right? Yes. Oh, let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. 
Um, so I am a co-host for the Terms of Service podcast, which I do with my homies Justin and Max. And we oh, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe? Okay. Yep. Yep. Ambrosia told me about it. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and we mostly focus on real talk, no bullshit about what's going on in the food service industry. Uh, we started last year and that it really started out of me wanting to get people who are who aren't in the food service industry a little bit like more put up on what is going on in mm-hmm. a sense. Um because if we're going to change the culture in the kitchen, we have to change the way that people like care about their food. So like stop with the everything is going to take five minutes like McDonald's. If you go into like a place that bakes their own bread and like makes their own smoked meats, it's like it's going to cost more, too, because it costs money to buy the product. So we're talking about like from beyond the farm sort of situation to table aspect of it and more about how we can create a sustainable um, place for the industry to move towards that. And, you know, like as a black immigrant, queer woman, it's hard for me (laughs) to just exist uh, in a kitchen. And so like, I want it to be so that more people can have access to this world, which for a lot of people can change their lives, good or bad. It's up to you. But for me, I think that everything I've done has sort of led me back to this podcast that I'm doing with my friends. Mm -hmm. And we've gotten like James Beard. We've done a couple of things with them and, James Beard talking about mental health is a huge deal because they're like, who tells you who the best chefs are and the best bakers and bartenders? And like the fact that they're now looking at mental health as a full arm mm-hmm. of the food service industry is crazy. So I have a question uh, mm-hmm. and something that we talked about in our, our pre-show chat of going back to, uh, I'm I'm blanking on his name because I uh, Anthony Bourdain, yeah, mm-hmm. and and how we talked about how obviously if you've paid attention to this person, they were yeah. struggling, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, do you feel like that shift in the industry came because of a lot of Anthony Bourdain's fame, or do you think it was creeping before? I think it was creeping before. I don't even necessarily think a lot of change happened because of Bourdain. Um, dying, but like, I think it's just people don't want to work in the industry right now because one COVID and two, when you were forced to do something else, you realize that every other place that you work will 110% treat you better. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like also like anyone who works in a kitchen or front of house and you think you can't leave it, all of your skills are transferable, literally all of them. And people think that we are more efficient and quicker at everything else because we're coming from a high pressure, even though I literally chop vegetables for a living, high pressure situation. And everything else is just 
chill comparatively speaking mm-hmm. it's so funny how if somebody comes at me right now and i'm like well is it dead or on fire well then exactly the, what i don't see any problem with nope. this i'm like i've got two coolers down i've got somebody with a cut finger i've got deliveries coming in i've got you know there are like 600 things that are going on at any moment mm-hmm. and you have to look at the customer and say Yes. Yep. Oh, yes. That'll be five more minutes. After that, it doesn't, it doesn't, it all doesn't really phase you. But no. it does take a toll on the personal person. And this is what I, yeah. I want to dive into is the, the toll that this industry and uh, I think Severin's going to have a lot of insight with his podcast, Department 3C, and uh, everything that he's been working on. So please chime in on how doing these really tough jobs that are underappreciated can really take a toll Mm. on the person themselves. Um, So I went to the University of Vermont for human development and family studies. Okay. And I am literally starting to use my degree for the first time this week. Um, I officially started with Healthy Poor, which is an organization, thanks, which is an organization... um, focused on bringing mental health and substance use resources to the food service industry. And um, Laura Louise Green, who is amazing, is my new boss. But this was like not a concept so much as like an Instagram that had like all of these resources on it that she is now bringing into like a year and a half-ish later into a physical form. So what we're trying to do is get restaurants and bars to be a part of the programming that we're doing so that your managers and supervisors and I don't know, hopefully one day it gets to like owners understanding why it's important to think about mental health um, in the setup of their like establishment. You want people to be able to work 40 hours a week, make a livable wage, feel as though they're a human being. They don't feel like they're going to get fired for requesting time off to go to literally a wedding for their family. Like, mm-hmm. The food service industry has made you feel for so long like if you're not in it 100%, you're not in it at all. Mm-hmm. And so I guess my draw to Healthy Poor was because when I became an executive chef, I saw all of the ways that I was repeating the bad habits of my prior chefs and... Like, but I could see it and stop it. Whereas I've worked with guys who have literally just continued the like, for lack of a better word, abuse that like previous chefs have given them. So I think that when a lot of my line cooks were like, you care about us. And I was like, I have to. There's like five of us. And if you aren't a whole person, you're not feeling it, you're not going to you're not going to be able to produce the kind of food that we want people to feel passionately about so that they keep coming back. Like all of that shit goes into your food. That's what and see, that's what I was going to say about 
almost anything, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the effort you put out is what you want. And then you talk about being an executive chef at Michelin restaurants. And oh, no, not at a Michelin restaurant. Well, I'm but just saying. Trying, maybe. I don't know. Well, okay. <laughs> but the thing is, restaurant, anywhere, Ooh. they all get reviews. Even McDonald's gets reviews. Yep. But the thing about it is. Like you said, the effort that you you treating somebody terrible the whole time, how do you expect them to do anything that's going to be of any service to someone else? And it's a part of the service industry. I mean, it's, I mean, called it's wild. But the service industry. They do that, though. Like, I'm not going to say the names of any of these places. No names, please. Yeah. Yeah. Libel. I'm with that. Libel. Um, <laughs> but let's just say, for instance, they have, like, three stars and... Um, they have been known to pay their staff $12 an hour. Real $12. Not Real the, $12 not the math, an hour. Not the math major $12 when you, you're working a bunch of extra hours. Just flat out 12 $12. Yeah, that's whack. And you work until you work from like 10 o'clock in the morning to 2 a.m. Yeah, no. Five days a week. Oh, no. And they will send me, they're still sending me emails on culinary agents being like, we saw your resume and we think you'd be a perfect prep person. And I'm like, I'm literally an executive chef and you're trying to get me to work for you for twelve fifty an hour. Yeah. Absolutely not. And and the other thing that you said um, when you were talking about being a whole person, oh, I lost a thought. It was something... Oh, when you said when you call off to go to a wedding, I mean, I've seen where you can't even go to a doctor's appointment to do something for your health. Nope. And they like, yeah, no, you got to be here that day. It's like, but I have an issue that I need addressing. I was literally packing clove into an open, broken cavity for like a month before my boss was like, you should like really do something about that. And I was like, you think you think? Yeah, but I can't because we don't have benefits. Um, I'm making under $15 an hour and um, I don't I don't have time. I don't ha- you literally don't give me the time off to do it. So, yeah, currently I am spending 12 grand on my mouth to fix all the issues from nine years of the service industry mm. and avoiding it. <laughs> That's real. Yep. That is real. Well, and that's why mental health is important. That in so many different ways and capacities. So the one thing that I say on my um, show, my solo show, and the, the whole reason I even started the podcast is because everything has to start with a conversation. I mean, mm-hmm. you you like with your podcast, you're talking about it. At least you're bringing it up. Somebody... The days of just having things in the dark and like we all know this secret that we don't want to say anything about to me should be over. Just flat out say what it is. Let's talk about it. Let's get mm-hmm. it out in the open. And let's try and fix it together. So, so let's talk about the abuse of alcohol and uh, uppers in order to do a job that gives you high anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, social anxiety, and requires you to work many hours and have zero time off. Let's, let's get into that. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Well, let's start with a, a non-alcoholic rosé. Oh, yes. I'm very excited to try this. I, I see it in the coolers all the time. Yeah. But I don't know her. It's I find this absolutely tasty. 
Uh, so this is a product called Groovy. Groovy is a company out of Colorado that... Oh, it says made in Canada. I thought when I researched today, it said Colorado. Oh, I got to do my thing. Um, oh, what's the thing? But Seth's going to Seth's gonna read it for us. I'm, yeah, that's my thing. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm cheers the, first. I'm the reader. <laughs> uh, cheers. 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 Got to get that. Got to get that sound in there. Okay. Oh, Alcohol-free, 60 calories. This says, this is in a circle. Getgroovy.com. Groovy, G-R-U-V-I, bubbly rosé, like Rick Ross, um, <laughs> contains no gluten or sulfates. Ingredients, spring water, white grape juice, concentrate, natural flavor, malic acid, tartic acid, natural color, tannic acid, carbon dioxide, um, made in Canada. And the drink you deserve. I got a little... Um, background singers for me. Um, <laughs> nutrition facts. We won't get into all of that. Um, but it's 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 a clear bottle. Looks like a Corona bottle. Has a pink label with groovy in the middle. It's pretty pretty cool. So and the thing I love about this is that it does have those acids. It has the malic acid, the mm -hmm. tartic acid, the the tannins. So you can buy all these things on Amazon, which yeah. I've covered before. Uh, you can manipulate plants, bring them down to powders, put them into things. But the coolest thing about this is that it's not actually made with an alcohol process. Mm -hmm. It's made 100% alcohol free, but it's still really interesting and it's still tasty and you don't have to have tasting notes from all of our pop sommeliers out there. <laughs> you don't have to have pop to enjoy the community aspect of drinking, which we can get True. into later. Uh, but Sev, do you have any uh, tasting notes on this? Cause for me, I get strawberries like, whoa. Yeah. Um, a lot of strawberries, a lot of fruit is real bubbly. Um, it's good. It, it tastes like something I could drink with dinner. I usually, we had rosé before on a tasting thing, and I wasn't impressed. But this is a whole lot better than that, and I don't even remember what that was. So, And it's got, it, it's it's completely alcohol-free. I uh, really enjoy this. Isn't it um, really tasty? It is really tasty. It's giving me, like, cider vibes a little bit maybe that's why i love it so much maybe mm. but <laughs> uh but it, they come in um this too. they come in uh 12 ounce bottles and it comes in a four pack and um i've i got it for one of my best friends who couldn't have alcohol at the time but still wanted to hang out mm -hmm. i was going over to their place and i was like well, i'll just drink this with you like let's oh, have yeah. let's have some rosé mm-hmm doesn't have to have alcohol. I'm like such a lightweight, especially like because I'm not working insane hours and going out after work and all this stuff. But I am a like a shot and a Topo Chico or like an, uh, and a beer or something now because one, I don't like to feel hungover. I found that after the age of 27, I feel more and more like poo poo. The two-day hangover? I just can't anymore. For all you I listeners out there, <laughs> let me tell you your future. One, you're going to need readers. Not mm. me. I got surgery. Uh, uh, oh, uh. they let you do that? They won't let me. Um, I, They told me I'm still going to need readers. But. <laughs> <laughs> and then also the two-day hangover. This is what you have to look forward to. Yeah. That and cri crippling debt. But... Um, <laughs> 
It's going to be great. Keep it's going. Fine. <laughs> it's all fine. So uh, let's get into the culture of work hard, play hard. Work hard, play hard. Um, I feel like it was invented in the 50s by like a group of white dudes. And everyone was like, yeah, we're going to do this. But it was only for like very specific people. But they made it seem like it was for everyone. And for me, work hard, play hard wasn't even like a real thing until I moved to Chicago from from Vermont. Okay. I when I graduated from the University of Vermont, I immediately started a culinary program and uh, at the Chittenden Valley uh, Food Shelf Food Bank in Burlington, Vermont. Shout out to Chef Jamie who later on that year was like, you should um, move somewhere and do this. So I blame her for being in Chicago. Um, And then my brain just fell right out of my head. Work hard, play hard. Work hard, play hard. Exactly. Got to Chicago. Uh, um, Yeah, I came to on the Addison train station platform after like, I guess being out for three hours and I was eating Taco Bell and petting one of the canines. Oh, wow. The police dogs. Yeah. And they're not like super friendly. So yeah, like no. both the dog and the them. dude were confused. Yeah. They were like, what do you do? And I was just like, I'm going to get on this train now and go home. And that was like the first time I was like, oh, my God, Chicago's awesome. Now, in retrospect, I'm like, mm, that's probably the beginning of the end for you. Like. Then there was then I leveled up to having to go out with the dudes after work so that my boss would pay attention to me, even though I was like doing all of the work. I was putting most of the dishes on the menu. But if you don't go out with the dudes, are you like part of the are team? Are you part of the team? Yeah. One, one of the, of the guys. Bros. Yeah. Yeah. And then that like turned it. I was like, how is everyone like going out and drinking until like three, four o'clock in the morning and and then then back at work at 11? Like, I don't understand this. And that's when someone was like, are you not, are you not doing drugs? And I was like, I smoke a lot (laughs) of weed, but like, I don't know what you were talking about. Um, and yeah, that started a downward spiral of too much, drinking too many stimulants like i don't i i know some people that would like literally wake up and do a line of blow and go into work at the at the most i was like working 105 hours a week sleeping maybe three to four hours a day for those of you out there like when i would tell people when i would Back when I was a chef and I would say these things like, oh, I worked 95 hours this week. I worked 100 hours this week. You throw out these numbers mm. that folks don't understand. If we could just give you a little breakdown of what that actually oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. works like. Like, how does okay. that actually so, work? So, let me go into the, like, weekend of it. So, the clopin, also, when you close and open. <laughs> I do Friday, Saturday, clopin. clopin. Oh, I don't. I do them every Friday and Saturday. Learning mm-hmm. all kind of new words. Um, so, I would, on Fridays, I would wake up at, like, 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, probably farmer's market, if I had to. 
Then I'd be in work by 11. Um, I wouldn't have another staff. At, this is 11 a.m. Another staff member won't come in until 1 uh, p.m. Then service starts at 5 so I would have my second quart of coffee with a shot of espresso in it before starting dinner service that would run through 11 p.m. Then you have to break down and flip your entire kitchen to prepare it for the next day. At this point, and this is with a sous chef, I would leave work at midnight. He would stay and close down, and then I would go home, and I was working in Forest Park, and I live in Rogers Park. So I would leave Forest Park, which is like 45 minutes to an hour and change, driving. On the train, it was one hour and 45 minutes commute to and from work. Um, Get home, sleep for about four or five hours, wake up, go to the farmer's market to pick up all the stuff we need for brunch, to be to work, buy... 8.15, my line cooks would come in at 10. So I would go in and set up brunch essentially on my own. Then they would come and start working. And then while they're doing that, I would be the dishwasher at the end of brunch because we didn't have a dishwasher until dinner service. I hope. (laughs) Are you? And that's here. I've been here. Hour. Okay. So. Oh god! Like my asshole is clenching right now. Mm -hmm. So. Do you hear? Not you. Not you, because you you are talking. I'm talking to you, the listener. Mm -hmm. Do you hear this? I'm like so amazed. She hasn't even that's gotten why through we, 24 hours. That's mm-hmm. why we need um video because my jaw is like on the floor dragging around. <laughs> and people complain about the most minuscule things and you guys are doing this voluntarily. Yeah. Well. And it's not even like a money thing. That's the other part. No it's, one told me this. Yeah, it's not. It's not like it's not like we out here getting rich and balling out of control. It's like we getting by, and we're still providing this service for people who fail to even see you, mm-hmm. who don't even see you actually, unless you got one of those kitchens that got the open back, and then I mean, they ain't and checking even with for that, you. They're not checking for you. Yeah. Exactly. They're because doing it for the 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 ability to be the important person that got this I table. went to a restaurant last night and I it was supposed to be a high end restaurant and I was very under impressed. Mm. I want to find out the name of this one afterwards. Yes after I'm yeah, not yeah, going to say yeah. it now. No names please they might be a sponsor so um, <laughs> thing, thing about it is is now I don't even feel like I have the right to be like ah that wasn't the best I feel like I should have well, I did appreciate it, and I still tipped them at 22%. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just missing something. And Probably now, sleep? Was it sleep? And not, Well, we did go late. Um, was, it, was it staff being it, we, <laughs> underfed Like I tired? said, we, we did go late. <laughs> but the, the thing, let me just say this, and I'm not trying to throw them under the bus or whatever, but I tried to get a reservation for the day before. I couldn't get a reservation. It was Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I got one for the day after. Um, when I, I had an original re- reservation for 530, 
when I went to change my reservation, the only one they had was 9.30 at night. When I went there, it was, like, super empty. I'm like, it's no way you can tell me everybody just cleared out of this joint, like, just like that. They could. It could be, or it could also be, like, knowing that they're understaffed and they're not going to be very busy then, they minimize the number of reservations at the end of the night so they can actually get out of there when the restaurant closes. Look at that. Versus, like, two hours after. But that's the thing, the, um... When I was looking for directions on how to get there, it said it closed at 10 o'clock. So I'm like, well, why did they give me a 930 reservation? Well, that's the only one I could get. So makes sense now. But now they're all staring at you like, I can't believe he came in right before 30 minutes closed. before close. Can you that is real, though? This? We're just back there being I like poop people like, <laughs> why we're are you salty here? Because we're tired. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I, like I said, I feel now I don't even have a right to be disappointed in the food. Listen, even me as someone that cooks when i go somewhere and something's not good i don't say anything i'm just like i'm eating this it has to be like egregious yes i well i'm already like that anyway you know it has to be like oh man this is just i went to a, a friend's celebration and it was at a, a place i'll tell you about it after the show that is pretty well known for their food and and they regard their food uh, to be very high and I, with my dietary restrictions and, mm-hmm. and such, I got to eat some leaves, uh, a couple carrots and some French fries Oh no! In the, in the whole seven course taste or whatever. The leaves were gritty. No. The carrot was undercooked. Ah. The fries were delicious. All right. I didn't say a fucking word. <laughs> nope. And I never will. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. You talk about it amongst yourselves mm-hmm. and then that's it. Yep. Like. Every, you can complain the entire time as soon as the server comes over. How's everything? It's great. Thank you so much. Yep. I hate it all. Yeah. But like. But so do they. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as long as we can understand where each other is coming from and leave room for us to have that and you tip a livable wage every time, that's all that matters. It's up to us to yeah. tip that livable mm-hmm, wage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, with that said, let's go to our second uh, non-alcoholic beverage oh, today. Yes, which I'm super excited about. Now, you went on some travels to get this. I did. Athletic Brewing. If you're listening, you sponsor the podcast that I'm on. Also, so, shout out to Sally. You know, Aww. local Chicago rep. Um, athletic Brewing, I enjoy that their beers their na beers taste like like an actual beer and not like a water beer yeah it's full flavored every time i have not had this one though i've i have let's 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 cheers let's toast it up so i was reading about these folks online uh and the the person that created it uh has a, a job that's very um stressful a lot of work and oh. found that the hangovers, going out and drinking and, mm-hmm. and making those business deals, because let's be honest, every single business transaction that happens, especially in our industry, I can speak mm-hmm. to our industry, it happens during the drinks. It does not oh, happen. Yeah. It doesn't happen because of what your work you're doing. It happens because of who you go out with and how you go out at the end of the night. And so they got super tired of being hung over, not being able to do their workouts in the morning and not being able to do the spreadsheets the way that they wanted to and just got tired of that hangover. And so created this brand that the brewery is 100% uh, non-alcoholic and non-alcoholic by legal definition means 
0.5% or lower. Mm -hmm. So what that translates to is that you would have to drink eight of these within five minutes to get the same alcoholic effect that a full beer would give you. Oh, and then yeah. I'm going to be peeing too much. So who wants to yeah, go through exactly. that? I don't think I could chug eight of these. In five, mm -mm. I know I couldn't chug eight I'm going to tell you the minutes. truth. This is the best non-alcoholic beer I have ever tasted. That's what I'm saying. This 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 is this is delightful. I so, like drink this at home sometimes casually. With that <laughs> being said, let me do my job here. Mm -hmm. Um describe the can. It is a 12 ounce can. It is tannish color, looks kind of like um it's blue and yellow. Athletic Brewing Co. Cerveza Athletica, light copper. Non-alcoholic brew says that at the top, um, without compromise, giving back two percent of all sales go to restoring local trails. Um, at Athletic Brewing Company, we are pioneering a craft brew revolution. We believe you shouldn't have to sacrifice your ability to be at your best to enjoy great brews. So we created our innovative lineup of refreshing non-alcoholic craft brews. All things athletic. At Athletic Brewing on athleticbrewing.com. 60 calories. And yeah, like I said, this is um this is delicious. So this is a copper lager. I'm getting mm -hmm. a ton of chocolate notes out of this. Same. What else are you getting out of this? Mm. I get a lot of raw grain. And I wonder if that's because I know they do a really cold, slow uh maceration i don't know if we can call it fermentation it, i don't think it is a fermentation they say they, they do the same kind of fermentation as a kombucha they compare it to kombucha okay. on their website so like light very light mm. so a lot of fruit juices and a lot of kombucha are going to be 0.5 I or to, under i i feel like i'm gonna say barley but it's not quite barley but it's like what you're That's saying what, like green yeah grain. i Wheelhouse. was thinking barley but i'm not the i'm not a Somali, what's a what's a beer Somali? Mm. Cicerone. There's See? a name yep. for everything, <laughs> and, and that just that just made me. Pause he was so unhappy with that word. It was yeah. like, nope, that's not what I wanted. I don't like it. Uh, so hey, Cicerones, get on that. <laughs> we still don't got no name for our pop Somali. Pop Somalis, that's the thing. Hmm. I'll think about it, and if I, if you know any. We're still trying to Me. come on the show. Uh, <laughs> I'm a he claims Somali it, but he's a. not. I, he couldn't blind an RC from yes, a Pepsi. Yes, I could. Mm, I hear a challenge happening I, for you guys in the future. I hear next episode coming up. Pop Somalier Sev, you can give me cola, RC, Look, Pepsi, he bought, he bought, Coke. He bought Skyder.com after the last episode. I so did buy Skyder.com. Don't Skyder tempt him with a good time. And you know how I spell? Yes. C. C, which makes me so happy. I know, because it's Cider and I it's Skyder. It's mine. It. I okay. love it. You right. want Skyder, come holler at me. Come see Come see your boy. Come, hey, come Spain. try and get it up out me. But Begonia, you if you're listening in Asturias, we've got a, an American Skyder fan <laughs> over here. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Just, just throw it. Ooh, that, that can be the, the slowest. Just the, throw it. Just throw it. You, It's already on the website, guys. Don't even try. Ah. Patent pending. <laughs> yep. Just throw it. We will not release this until I buy it. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. I like that. Oh. So, so we we're having non-alcoholic wine. We're having non-alcoholic beer. Why is this important? 
I feel like for so long in the industry, like people, okay, so like the fact that alcoholism is a problem isn't new. It's like something that everyone has known has been a thing and like people try to deal with it, but it inevitably in our industry involves them taking themselves out of the social aspect of things, which shouldn't be the issue. Um, so I think for the rise in non-alcoholic beverages, not only just like things you can buy in the store to go, but like going to a restaurant and being able to sit down and order a fully thought out, um, NA or spirit free beverage that has components to it and complexity to it that isn't just a juice box was amazing for me the first time I had it. Um, I cannot remember who it was, but my first beverage that I had was like beet juice and um, with bubbling water, cracked black pepper, thyme, and rosemary notes. And, um, and I believe she made like her own bitters also to go with it, but it, and it was frothy and had like a foam topping to it. And I was like, this is crazy, you know, and it made me feel fancy, but it also didn't put me over the edge. And so like, I think that with more and more people making, um, these beverages, people feel more comfortable going out and like having these like long nights full of fun without compromising the fact that they're just drinking sodas or Red Bulls or something, which Red Bull is another thing that if you're used to drinking a lot of caffeine or doing a bunch of stimulants, like Red Bull might not be the best option for you because it's only carrying over how you're coping with needing to be on stimulants. And the spirals. And the spirals. It's the crash. The more the more stimulants you have, the more alcohol you have. The mm-hmm. more alcohol you have, the more stimulants you have. And it I mean, digging out of those holes can take weeks and, and you don't have weeks. You know. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard about somebody said PTO to me a couple years ago. Who that? I I said what's PTO and I bet it I had no idea what that meant. Well, I have no idea what that means. Paid so. time off. Oh, yeah, yeah, we don't get that. We don't. I got I it once. That, so. It was not in food service. What? No. Was it? I think maybe she was, but I was working at a hotel, and that's not real. Yeah. That's yeah. not. That's, that's not a real life. place. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, PTO. So so in order to to if you want to get off of drinking to numb the pain, the depression, the anxiety, you basically have to stop hanging out with all of your friends and stop working and stop hours, working. Yeah. Which is just not an option. Like a lot of people switch jobs and or like go from nights to days to sort of like make a set schedule because routine is a large part of it like if you don't have a consistent and steady routine, you're not going to be able to find a like a new route to put your energy into. Um, 
Have you found yourself leaving those hundred hour weeks? Have you found yourself being like, there's no, I, I what can I do? What can I do? Oh what, yeah. What, what, where's the, I'll do anything. At the beginning of the panini, I was not working for 65 days and I would wake up every day. Like it was a regular day and go to the kitchen and I set it up. Like I had my knife, Mise I had my pause. stone. I would be like sharpening my, sh I was prepping like stocks all day, every day. I made so many soups in the first like two months and I would like just give them away to people. I'm like, I have no room in my freezer, like come do this, eating over a trash can in the kitchen to feel something, you know? I still do. It's, uh, it was rough. And then I started working for a CBD company and I was working like 40 hours a week, making a livable wage. I had PTO. No one asked any questions when I was like, oh, can I like go on vacation? They're like, just write it in the book and like take your time. And then when you come back, you know, you have to quarantine. So, you know, we'll schedule you to be back at this time. Like it was crazy. They got it. It was regular. It. And it was regular. Yeah. And that's why I was like, so I'm making the same amount of money by working half of the time and I have benefits and paid time off. That's why I was like, I'm not doing this. And, but my problem is, is that in order to help other people get out of this spiral, I've been picking up shifts or helping friends out with their restaurants That's sweet. to like make it easier on other people. Like this past weekend, I, um, covered a shift at my friend at my old boss's place who's also a friend so that a guy that I worked with at my first job in Chicago who now works there could go to his brother's wedding mm -hmm. bless you and I was like hell yeah like work <sighs> a shift you. or something because I went to my first wedding for like my best friend in college this summer mm -hmm. and it was like the first time I was able to go do that mm -hmm. and I was like this should be regular no we've missed every holiday every night every weekend mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. just push ourselves into this uh bubble of performance that in order to prove ourselves we have to do it more mm -hmm. and it it, it just I, it, it, it zaps us I so I'm like an Aries with a Virgo rising so my whole thing is like I want to prove to other people that I can do it even if they can't. So I've literally like gone from being a nighttime sous chef to like the brunch breakfast chef because a dude was like, it's impossible. You can't work like breakfast and lunch and like be okay. And I was like, I will trade Z's and destroy <laughs> it. And I did. I made it better. It was more efficient. People stopped hating working lunch. I was like, this is great, but the problem with that is then they're screwing up all the work you've done in another area, yeah. and you can't be in all the places. So then, you know, then you start doing too many drugs so that you could be there longer. And basically, if it wasn't for going to the suburbs to chef, I feel like I would have continued to be part of the problem of just like working forever. As soon as I separated myself from like the downtown fine dining era, I found that I like had a little bit more time to be like, whoa, this is not very efficient. I think yeah. also becoming an executive chef, 
I was like, I'm not going out after work. So I wasn't going out after work, wasn't drinking a lot, which meant that I didn't like, and I'm saying this because it's how I felt. I didn't have to do drugs Mm -hmm. to stay awake Mm -hmm. and work, which is crazy because now I'm like, it's eight o'clock. I'm ready to be to bed by 10. And I can't imagine that like two years ago for myself. At at eight o'clock, you got to do a reset of your whole full reset existence, and you have to like listen to your friends when they're like, "We are concerned for you," which is like what was happening with my normal friends. Require you to have friends outside of the industry. Well, that was this pattern lets you completely shut out anyone that's not in the industry. See, I always had regular people as my roommates. My old roommate was a therapist. Oh, uh, yeah. So she was like, mm, mm, mm-hmm. let me tell you what you've been doing. And I was like, no, it's don't fine. tell me. I'm having fun. This is just yeah. what it is. And also, like, I went to school to become a therapist. So it was just like me looking myself in the mirror and be like, you liar. Yeah. You're yeah. lying to yourself if you think that this is, like, normal and healthy. Sometimes it's like that. <laughs> it, it do be like that sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's like and I'm that. not like judging anyone you know do whatever it is you want to do but also if you want your life to look different you have to make a change and changing everything except for drugs and alcohol is not going to change much yeah no I think that that's a beautiful way to, to start to wrap this up of mm-hmm finding finding the change knowing that there are options there are options for what you drink there are options uh for places to get help there are options in our industry specifically and i really thank you for bringing that to attention today because it's a problem yeah it's like like we were saying at the beginning, you know, it all starts with a conversation. And thank you for coming here and having that conversation with us. Yeah, thanks, thanks for really having appreciate that. I just wanted to come and sit and sweat for like 45 minutes with you all. So Yeah, thanks. so it's a bit warm in here. You're, no, you're I glowing. like kept moving mm-hmm. 100% of the day. So this is the first time I really sat down. So it's all just pouring out of me now. You're that's welcome. It's a, a good thing. I, I appreciate it. Okay. I'm basking in it. <laughs> so, you know what we're going to say now? We want to know what libation you want us to get into next um tell us what you think about this episode every other episode and tell us what we should get into the next time we have an episode feedback 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 is what we love and we would appreciate it if you would offer that to us so ask us any questions anything at all and you can reach us at designated drinkers podcast at gmail.com on instagram at the designated drinkers podcast on Twitter at Drinkers Podcast. One day we'll be on Facebook when I get my life together. That's on me. And I've got the website almost done. And see, she's stepping up and doing her thing. I'm, I'm behind. That's designateddrinkerspodcast.com where we will get all of this information for you, photos, uh, cocktails, etc. And we're going to post some links for these beautiful resources that Reba has brought to us and gotcha. some links to all of the amazing projects because I cannot wait to follow them all. Absolutely. So thank you again. So thank Thanks you. for having me. Thank you. And we're going to get out of here. So we'll talk to you later. Bye. Cheers. Mm-hmm.